Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Discipleship Today podcast, the brand new podcast where we are going to be discussing um, different religious topics and subjects, specifically with discipleship and how to disciple others um, inside the church and inside your life as well. I am part of your co-host. I am Andy York. Um, I'm just basically here to moderate and ask the questions and kind of keep the ball rolling with this podcast. Uh, but the main person that you're going to be hearing mostly from is my co-host on this show, uh, Tim York, who is the pastor at the Grove Church. Um, he is also the moderator of the National Association of Free Will Baptist and many other titles. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm here. Um, so kind of tell everybody a little bit and describe a little bit what this podcast is all about. Well, many years ago, long before you were born, Andy, I had a ministry entitled Evangelism Today. I traveled around the country, literally the world, and shared the gospel through the uh, vocational evangelism. And as I became a pastor and you know other denominational processes and other opportunities of ministry, I came to understand that evangelism and discipleship were not two separate things. Growing up as a child, evangelism was getting someone to come to Christ and then discipleship was taking from that experience through their spiritual walk. Well, I think as time went on, I realized that I have to disciple people to Christ just like I disciple people after they've come to Christ. And so from that, I just felt like there needed to be a discussion about discipleship out there that says, let's look at the biblical role. Let's not talk about how I was discipled or you were discipled. But what does the Bible really say about this broad subject that when you think about it, that the whole New Testament is full of, that we are to go and make disciples as Jesus commanded us, and now the responsibility falls upon the church, and sometimes I think we have programmed it instead of personalized it and have found ourselves with some very weak believers. Mm-hmm. And I think in today's culture, it's very... The, the idea of discipling and discipleship has kind of been put on the back burner um, of the church and of believers because, like you said, it's kind of like you got to get them saved, and then once they're saved, they're on their own. They can figure it on themselves when really you disciple them to Christ, and then you have to disciple them even more after Christ because, you know, the 12 disciples, Jesus didn't just bring them to him and then stop, you know, teaching them and, and going, through the li- going through life with them as well. He spent three and a half years with them. Yeah. And uh, he lived with them. And I think, I think we really miss the point of discipleship. Uh, when Jesus commanded in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, he says, you know, we read it, go make disciples. And so we talk about the word go and how that, you know, we need to go here and we need to go there and we need to go everywhere. The truth is, the scriptures teach us while we are going, while we're living life, just like Paul said in Ephesians 4, walk worthy of the vocation, walk worthy of the calling you've been called to. Christians are to love one another in that passage, but in the passage where Jesus said, go make disciples, while you're living your life, you go make disciples. Now, there are missionaries, there are vocational evangelists, spiritual gifts and scriptures, but all of us, and that's the key, all of us are his disciples. Now, I remember back in the, I'm hard for me to believe this, but back in the late 60s when I was a little boy and being in church and hearing this comment made in the 70s, it really became a comment that certain denominations believe certain percentages of their people were not saved. 
And so, you know, what happened? Well, at one point we tried, uh, we thought the idea of getting everybody to church, just get everybody to church, get everybody to become a part of the church, and then they'll come to Christ. Well, what we ended up with was a whole lot of unconverted people running the church. And then we came into conflict because of the flesh. And I think much of the flesh battle in the church in 2018 is a root from where we tried to bring unconverted people to the church. Now, I'm not saying not to church. I'm talking about as part of the church. And I think in our culture, if I could say this without getting too much trouble, <laughs> we turn church into showmanship. It's who's the funniest, who's got the best music, who is the best entertaining speaker. And sometimes we need to really stop and ask ourselves this question. Are we going through the motions? Are we resembling something in the scriptures or are we literally practicing what the scriptures say? And so that's what brings us to this spot. It's not a, and I don't want this to be taken negative. I'm, I'm, I'm think I'm really, some God's birthday monarchs just call attention to the fact we need to make disciples and we need to reach people and see people's lives change. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what the whole basis of the podcast is, is just to shed a little light on the subject and to make it more known and um, make it more broad and everything. So um, you've kind of already talked about it a little bit, but kind of in your terms and in biblical terms, and we'll get there a little bit later on as well, um, but what exactly is, a, what is discipleship? Or what is making a disciple of Christ? Well, you know, Scripture teaches us the word disciple, uh, as a follower. Jesus said, come after me and follow me and I'll make you my disciple. So Jesus defined it for us. It's someone who follows Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. He would say to his disciples, you know, here's what I'm teaching you. And then the New Testament would say that part of the foundation of the church is the apostles' doctrine and, and what they taught. Their teaching was very important because their people were being disciples. And I'm drawing you to this place. Um, the biblical role of discipleship is getting someone to follow Jesus. Well, that means as, uh, uh, you know, a great professor of mine in my doctorate program, Dr. Dempsey, says, you have people coming to Jesus, you have people being with Jesus, and you have people going for Jesus. I don't know if there's a better, better descriptive definition of discipleship than what he gave that day when I heard him say, you're coming to Jesus, you're being with Jesus, you're going for Jesus. Because we want people to come to Jesus, we want to teach them how to be with Jesus, and then we want to teach them to go for Jesus, to make other disciples. And so discipleship is this broad subject of the faith that really says we all want to be like Jesus and we want to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's our goal. Yeah. Um, now, kind of to, to keep on with the subject that you were talking about a little earlier, but how exactly have you seen discipleship carried out in the church in your life, both on the positive aspect and then there's also the negative aspect as well? Well, I grew up in a, uh, in a wonderful church. I grew up with wonderful pastors. Uh, I count myself very privileged to have been born near a, a church that loved me like they loved me. In many ways, I won't be in the podcast, but it was a great church. I mean, God called me to preach at 12 years old from their ministry. I mean, it was it was their ministry that God used to really convict me about that. So what I'm about to say is, <clears throat> I'm not being negative again, 
but I do struggle with the fact that one of the first things happened after I got saved, we started what was called in those days a new converts class. Many churches today call it Faith 101 or Christianity 101. And um, we walked through 13 weeks. You, you got a questionnaire at the end of every class and you spent the week filling that thing out. And at the end of it, you got the certificate that said you had graduated from your 13 weeks and you were a disciple. And for me, psychologically, as a child, you know, young child, well, 19 years old, that said to me, boy, you've arrived. You are now a Christian. You are now a disciple. You are now a mature Christian, and there couldn't be anything further from the truth. I think one of the things I struggle with through discipleship in my lifetime is this. There are a lot of people we treat like they're adults because they're in adult human bodies, but we forget they're children of faith. Mm -hmm. um, I think in our modern church world, we're doing better, by the way, in the contemporary church by having small groups where people gather. But then again, I think there's issues there. I really believe the greatest example of the New Testament is, is a child. The Bible says, you know, over and over again, and, and Peter says it, Paul says it, you know, about the milk of the word. There's something about that. And so what I believe, I believe just like a child growing up, there's an infant stage where they need one-on-one. -on -one. Now, I know some people say, oh, no, they just need community. They need community. I don't know that I can get there yet because of that milk of the word. When I see mothers, I see mothers in our church or nursery workers, when we got infants, there's only one person on one. There's only one person can feed one child at a time. And that's how it really works mm -hmm. until they get to that age when you know they're handing out the, especially I look around the nursery now, there's, there's crackers being handed out and all kinds of stuff. People walking around chewing on stuff. Uh, and the fact is, I think there's a stage in the early part of someone's life that they really need the milk of the word. If you don't get it to them, there's a spiritual deficiency that may never gather back. Because, um, you know this, Andy, here at the Grove, we had a family tell us they didn't want to come to Christ. Mm -hmm. Because everybody came to Christ, got baptized, and oftentimes after they got baptized... We never saw them again. Mm -hmm. And that's not that's not just our issue. That's an issue across the board in, in many churches. And so I think discipleship of an infant is really important. That one-on-one, -on -one, giving them the milk of the word. But you can't keep the one-on-one. -on -one. That's where we fell into a trap of, of I'm going to say it, prayer partners that turned into gossip partners, uh, where we talked about uh, accountability partners, which really turned into... Uh, a little more than uh, of more of uh, someone lording over someone, and, and there was just a lot of issues. I think the New Testament clearly gives us the picture: newborn babes need one-on-one -on -one treatment. If they get the nutrients and they grow like they're supposed to, and they get healthy in their spiritual walk, then they're ready like toddlers to go into community and begin to learn the community, understanding in community. They may be an adult body, but they're still toddlers. Some of them still can't spiritually walk. Some mm -hmm. of them still crawling. Others can, you know, play the super sports of spiritual life, for an example. So what we have to do is be able to understand who's there and disciple them. But I do believe you have to quickly get people into spiritual community 
from infants so that they can see they're not the only person got a problem. They're not the only one going through the struggle. They're not the only person with a rebellious teenager or, or, or a young adult that's gone off the, off the track. They need to see that people are living life as they go along. Yeah, and I think um, to kind of go off what you said a little bit, but um, there's a lot of times where, like you said, they're an older person or whatever. They could even be an older, quote-unquote, Christian. They could say they've been a Christian for so long, yet they're still in the infant stage of discipleship because they haven't, like you said, got the, the nutrients or whatever of a spiritual walk. So technically, while they've been saved 20, 30 years necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean they're, you know, like you said, in the, the Hall of Fame of the Christian walk or whatever, they're still, some of them can still be considered infants in how they act or walk and, and some of their morals or something like that. Well, the Bible talks about a novice. Be careful about a novice and spiritual leadership. Uh, I remember when we put people in Sunday school classes that didn't know John 3.16, we thought they could learn it through the curriculum. That's not how this works. Um, you know, I can only imagine in the nursery of the grove, if I went in one day and I said to one of our kids named River, River, you're in charge. The elder adults out. <laughs> River is in charge because she can walk. She'd love it, but the reality is it wouldn't work well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we did. I think we turned people loose and we hurt them. We hurt people because they weren't spiritually ready for the task that you know that was taking place in their life mm-hmm. yeah definitely um and it's always such a this is something that you know i think a lot of of contemporary churches and even you know old-fashioned churches however you want to say it um i think sometimes both of them miss the mark because they're trying to worry about all these other different aspects of the church instead of discipling those that are in the church um, and those that they are trying to reach in the church well i have a deep love for traditional church and i i love contemporary church um, I, I really don't know that those factors play a factor. I think the greater factor is in our thought process. Uh, we live busy lives, so therefore we think church is a Sunday morning come and see activity. You know, for a while we were trying to break the come and see. We were talking about being the go and do church. But, but as we got, as churches get, go along, they realize go and do is much harder than come and see. And so we, we even... In contemporary church, we have fallen into the come and see thought pattern. And we don't go and do. We don't go out there and and share the gospel. We don't go out there and reach people. And if we don't do that, the churches who are doing that are exploding. Because God is using that. Because they're light darkness. They're salt in a world. And so their people have become the salt and light. Let me go back to the question you asked. One of the fallacies, one of the greatest fallacies of my generation is this. That's what the preacher does. Because what happened is, we felt like this one guy we hired and put him in position. And as we hired him, we said, hey, this guy is the guy. He'll be our soul winner. He'll be our Bible teacher. He'll visit all of our sick people. Uh, That's not what God intended for him to do. He intended for him to be the shepherd, for him to study and spend hours in the Word. And if you really believe the Bible, Ephesians 4 says... He's there to equip the saints. Mm-hmm. He is not there to do our disciple. He is to disciple me and disciple you into being a better disciple. That is his role. My role here at the Grove and your role at the Grove 
is to teach our people to be better disciples. It's the role of every pastor. And while we still do the hospitals and we still go to the funeral homes and we still, we understand that we want to engage our people in equipping them to go out there and do ministry. You see, the truth is, I can only reach one person, two people a day. And truth is, as a vocational pastor, we're not in the workforce. We don't run into a lot of unchurched people unless you force yourself. You know, we, we coach ball. We do a lot of things to keep in the culture and in, in society to reach people. But if everybody in the church, think about a church of 200. If everybody of those 200 became a disciple and went out and started sharing their faith, how long would it be before that would be a church gathering of 400? Right. Or 600? Because all of a sudden, God is using everybody's life to go disciple others. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of switch the subject a little bit on you a little bit um, and kind of ask this different question, not necessarily one we've talked about earlier. Um, But what are some of the difficulties the church can face when it comes to trying to disciple others, whether it's, you know, the process of discipling them to Christ and then trying to get them to understand discipling for Christ and going for Christ. What's what's kind of the, some of the difficulties, whether it's, you know, depending on the age that you're trying to disciple or this and that, what's some of the, the problems that you may run into? Time. It's hard to... Time and a mindset. I'm convinced your mindset is a real issue. While Jesus saves your heart, it's your mind that becomes the battlefield. And, and so... Let's say I'm 35 years old and I get saved and I got two kids and a wife and I'm working two jobs and I go to church on Sunday and I hear this message and I realize I need a Savior and I give my life to Jesus or somebody in one of my jobs shares his faith and I come to Christ. Okay, now, now I've still got my two jobs, I've still got my two kids, I've still got my wife and now I'm a spiritual leader in my home so i got a wife to disciple i got two kids to disciple i still got two jobs i still got all the other activities the kids are involved in it all of a sudden my mindset is oh i don't have time for this when reality is we have to understand that's their spiritual food is discipleship so we have to continue to program them and and to be really honest with you we're a generation of sight not reading and that's a major issue because we're taught in Scripture not just to watch something, but we're taught to meditate on it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so there is a real biblical text there that, that becomes a battle. And so I think the difficulty is, and that's why I think these new believers must have that one-on-one where somebody's showing them. You know, we have a lot of people today who don't know the books of the Bible, mm-hmm. who, who come to Christ here. And we have people who... You know, until they meet up with one of our people, have never known, have never heard about Jesus, or if they have, they've never been to church. And and uh, you know, we really built the grove off trying to reach new people who have never heard the gospel, or people who've been hurt and wounded in church. And so, when you bring those kind of folks, you realize you got to do some one-on-one, get them prepared. But I think it's the most difficult part is the mindset. There are a lot of people who get saved but never set their mind on Christ. Their mind is still on life because mm-hmm. they got two kids, they got a wife, they got two jobs, they got bills, they got troubles, they got sick parents. I mean, on and on the list goes. 
So there has to be a total reset of the mind. That's why, as a church, I think uh, the D6 material is powerful because it allows us to have our people reset their minds toward, hey, I'm a dad. I've got to get this right because i got to get my kids right. Mm-hmm. As a husband, i got to get this right because i got to get my wife right. I, and, and my wife, I want to get my kids, I want to get my, my family, and I want to, you know, disciple. And, this, and so family discipleship or generational discipleship is a major component that's been left out. We were taught um, growing up in ministry. I mean, I was asking my ordination if I was willing to sacrifice time with your mom and time with our children. And I thought that was the most spiritual answer, Yes. And then one day it dawned on me, that wasn't such a spiritual answer. <laughs> I've spent, you know, Miss Villas is a great woman and loves the Lord and loves me and we have served a long time together. But I will tell you, she's been cheated because there were many times I was out doing, quote, ministry when I should have been home being a husband ministry or being a father ministry. And so those are the conflicts, I think, that really become difficult. And we're going to talk about those and how to help people get through those. And, and I think we, somewhere along the way, may bring in some experts with us mm-hmm. to kind of keep this thing around because it's so, so crucial for people to hear. Yeah, I think it's like you were going back with the mindset. It's kind of like, and you know, you don't know a lot about this, but going into trying to work out and exercise, <laughs> you have to get in the right mindset to get it because then if you get, if you try to get started and then you know, you, you, your mind gets into it and you start getting bored with it, you start, you know, you don't like it as much, then you, you start to really dread going to work out. And then you get to the point where you don't go work out every week, every day like you're supposed to. You go every once in a while to the point where you don't go at all. Um, and I think it's, it's kind of the same concept with, you know, discipling and discipleship is that you have to get in the right mindset to where you're, you're hungry for the Word and you're hungry to grow and you want to get spiritually fed and you want to get closer to them as you can and and i think i've because you're now that we've kind of settled everything you're more you you we both deal with the church but you know i kind of deal more with the kids and the youth aspect of the church and seeing where we were a year and a half ago two years ago with no youth group at all and barely any kids to where we're at now where we have a steady youth group and a steady uh, children's church and they're coming together you can see even when we do like our, our youth bible study where we're talking about doctrine you can see these kids while they may not express it and they may not talk when you're talking to them you can see you can see something click and you can see something working them to where all the kids in our youth group now are wanting to be discipled they're wanting to be fed and so I think, you know, that's, you've always heard the adage, if you can get the, the father saved, you can get the whole family saved. I think it's just as true with the kids. If you can get the kids in church, their parents are more apt to come, and you can get the whole family as well. I think it's kind of a dynamic where you don't need to just focus on, on one age group, but kind of cover it all together, which is why, like you said, the D6 thing is, is so great because it doesn't just re- focus on one part. It focuses on the aspect of the family um, and no matter what your family dynamic is, it still focuses on the family being spiritually fed together as one. Well, in Deuteronomy 6 is where that comes from, the D6. And it's basically, you know, uh, where Moses tells them, now lying down, now rising up as you walk in the way, teach children. Uh, and so we, we feel like we're equipping parents when that's seen our youth group grow, it's seen our children's program grow. And let me just say this, Andy, we're not experts. Mm-hmm. 
what we talk about here, we're wrestling through in our own world. <laughs> and uh, I've read all the books. I'm done reading. I'm not done reading books. I love to read books and I love to learn. But I'm not looking for a program on discipleship. I'm not looking for somebody to wow me on something. Although I would be glad to be wild if I thought it would work. I mean, I want to help people. That's all I've ever wanted to do in my life, is I want to help people come to Christ and to grow in Christ and mature in Christ. And this discipleship, this word Jesus left us is a precious word, but we've got to get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think um, kind of like what you were saying with like the whole D6 and everything, but I think it's you come to find out in some places, some forms and some uh, things that you may try to disciple, some of them work and some of them don't. It's something that you kind of have to, it's a filling out process. It's something that you notice because it depends on, you know, the area where if you're in Smyrna, Tennessee, something might work that doesn't work in Buffalo, New York, and, you know, vice versa. It's always about your your area and your culture. And there's all these different aspects that you have to look into and find out, you know, you can take pieces of something and make your own and make it work as long as you're discipling others to Christ as well. And I think there are, you're exactly right. I think there are places in our country where the family is so broken mm -hmm. that we have to almost go into individual pieces. I, I think I can prove from Scripture. I think I can prove statistically. The number one breakdown in America is single-parent homes where fathers are absent. Because dad becomes the symbol. And not just where he's absent. Where he's also an obstructionist and not helping lead and guide the family. And so those are crucial things, you know, that need to be a part of generational discipleship and discipleship as a whole. And so I hope as we look at the next week, is that okay if I start here? Uh, are we? Yeah. Um, uh, next we can, week, we'll talk about that in a moment. But, but I think it's important to see that next week, is going to be really crucial on on this whole thing about discipleship as far as personnel is concerned. Mm -hmm. And kind of to, to wrap it up a little bit, but we can still talk a little bit. Um, the the biblical basis for discipleship. What are what are some of the biblical bases that we haven't really? I mean, you can go back right. and talk about what we've talked about a little bit, but some other things that we can look at. Well, five places in the New Testament, Jesus Himself gave us a great commission. Uh, we talk about one in Matthew 28. I think one of my favorites is in John where he says, My Father has sent me, so send I you. Mm -hmm. Now, he didn't say, so send I you to give money so somebody else can go. He said, I'm sending you. Mm -hmm. And so you and I have been sent by the Lord, not by anyone else. Jesus sent you. He said, well, I'm not a, I'm not a personality like it. It doesn't matter. Jesus said he sent you. Mm -hmm. you, we've got to quit excusing the inexcusable to be lazy, to be slothful, to be um, whatever the word we want to use. Jesus sent each of us in, in, in our own personalities. You're not going to be like me. I, I have a total different personality than that, that allows me the opportunity to share my faith. I, I had the op I mean, I just I got it from my mama. My mom could could talk to anybody about anything, and mm -hmm. I kind of have that same gift that she probably instilled in me and I've tried to instill in you guys but even then you have a different personality than I have and so you have to share within your personality within your relationship so I'm not saying everybody does the same way but as my father has sent me so send I you and then I think it's important to realize that Paul would say 
to different churches in the New Testament. I'm your example. Follow me, and I'll follow Christ. Mm -hmm. We'll follow Christ together. Boy, I mean, that's what he said. He said, I'm mentoring you. I'm going to guide you along. And I'm always chuckled in my ministry over the years of people who got saved on a Sunday night revival meeting, and Monday night came back and knew more about the Bible than I did. Uh, because they had an experience, they felt like they had reached a spiritual high. It's important to understand that knowing the Word of God, knowing the truths of the Scriptures, knowing what the Bible says, is one of the most important truths in the life of every believer. And so um, the biblical command is, you know, uh, you're to hear my Word and you're to go tell my Word. And that's the there's I mean, Jesus told us in five places in the New Testament. Uh, Paul would emphasize it over and over again. Uh, the book of Acts is over and over again. The book of John, over and over again, we're told, go make disciples. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a good place to wrap it up. We may get a little bit later on. Uh, we may bring it back up a little bit. Um, but you you brought this up earlier, and I'm going to kind of dive into what we really want out of this podcast kind of the most, um, and that is for us to kind of get your questions um, for the different topics that we're going to talk about. And um, on, on the end of the podcast each week, which will come out on Fridays, um, we're going to ask you to send us your questions, and we'll give you the topic. And, um, you know, it'll change different each week. Um, we may not always be talking about discipleship. We may bring in other topics as well. Um, but next week, we want you to send in your questions, and we'll tell you here in a second where you can send those into. Um, but you can send those questions in. Um, and the question and the topic that we're going to be talking about is who disciples a disciple? And kind of give a synopsis, if you will, Dad, of what next week will kind of look like and some of the questions and everything. I really want to deal with the fact that who... Uh Who's God put in charge of this thing? Uh, what's the pastor's role? What's the church's role? What's individual's role? What's a dad's role? What's a mom's role? Who is the disciple? Uh, you know, is it the person who has all the knowledge? Is it, uh, and how do we get disciples? Is I think part of that process, you know, is it a classroom setting? Is it one-on-one? -on -one? I think all those things are what we need to deal with. But we'd love to have your question about that. Um, uh, you know, something about, we're going to talk about who disciples the disciple. And so uh, if you're the, you have a question about, you know, all that issue, who's, who's supposed to be doing this or some specific area in your life, we'd love to talk about it on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And you can send those questions in. Um, we'll, we'll have a couple different places you can send those questions into. Um, but you can send those questions into uh, our Facebook page. Um, which is up and, and it's up now. Um, we'll send out invites and we'll make it public um, before this podcast actually airs. So you'll be able to go to there um, because we'll post all of our podcasts there um, because we there's a lot of different ways you can post a podcast and this is the easiest way for us to do it right now. Um, but you can you can put your because we'll send out a, a post with the topic and asking for your questions and in the comment section you can put uh, your questions. Um, if you have a Twitter, you can tweet them. 
Um, we'll have our Twitter handle up on our Facebook page as well. We'll have multiple ways for you to send in your questions um, as we kind of get the process started. We're just starting with this podcast, so um, bear with us a little bit as we're still taking our baby steps. It, it's not the easiest thing in the world to start one of these and promote it as well. Um, you have a millennial trying to teach an old guy how to do this. Yeah, and it's not the easiest thing in the world at all. Most of the time I just tell him I'll do it. Uh, so it, it, this is something, though, that we've wanted to start for a while. We've been talking about it probably for six or seven months now, trying to get this thing started. So um, we're finally at the point where we can start it and um, we can move on with it. And this is really something where it's not just two people talking or however many we have on the podcast. We really want this to be about all of us learning um, here on the podcast. If you're listening, if you're a pastor, a youth pastor, uh, if you're a member of a church or if you're an unbeliever, this is something that we kind of want to make things easier um, for you to understand and make things easier for you to teach and, and communicate and things like that. So um, there's a lot of different topics and different subjects and different ways we can go with this. So we're very excited to get this started. Um, do you have any other words yes. or anything Let else? To say put this. If you ask a question and we don't know the answer, we're not going to get on here to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to find somebody who can give us the answer and answer your question for you correctly. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to debate, that's a different story. But if we're going to get true answers, then we'll, we will do what research we need to do, and then we'll also bring in other folks if we need to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this week's episode may be a little bit shorter than what it normally is. Um, this was just kind of a, a starter um, to tell everybody what, what we're doing and, and the main subject of what most of our episodes are going to be on and we'll we'll talk about other things later on as well um but um like we said we're going to be having our facebook page up and you can post your questions there um and please post them there if you're friends with us please don't bombard us with the questions on our facebook pages but on this specific page put it there um that way it's easier to track and have um, right there we may also set up an email where you can email us your questions as well so there's a lot of different options that we will um, look into in the future um, by the future I probably mean before the podcast goes up we're most likely going to have our Twitter page up and our email address up as well so you can see all that um, when we ask these questions as well so anything else you want to add before we just hope you have a great weekend and let's go make disciples